Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics right here on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Ujvala Radio, a show dedicated to love and passion, and the power they have to transform our lives. Now, find a comfortable place to sit, relax, and enjoy the show. And now, here's Terry and Robin. Good afternoon, good morning, good wherever in the world you are. This is Reverend Terry Power, and you're listening to Ujvala Radio here on the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. And I am joined tonight, uh, again, as all of my good nights, uh, all the best ones, uh, by my beautiful and talented and amazing wife, Robin. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well, sweetheart. I love you. I love that you say that every week. <laughs> you know what? You're you're amazing too, and I never say that. I because usually I'm so mortified that you're that you say this every week. I don't take compliments well, as people who know me know that. But uh, so I just wanted to say that you know I love you, and you're amazing too. Well, thank you, darling. You're welcome. So uh, tonight we are going to be talking about uh, the change of seasons. And how we need to change our foods to go along with that. We're going to be going from the um, uh, Pitta season of the year, according to Ayurveda. And Mm -hmm. here in just a few weeks, we're going to begin moving into the Vata uh, season of the year. And, you know, that's the, the, the cool and windy and dry and you know, although we've been kind of, you know, dry uh, for the end of the summer here, uh, that that coolness that comes with it kind of pushes us into that Vata uh, season. Now, of course, that's here in in Pennsylvania. I, you know, my understanding is that uh, that that Vata season would apply wherever the qualities of, you know, windy and cool and clear and crisp. And all of those kind of vata qualities uh, can happen at any time of the year, depending on where you are. So, uh, but here in here in the temperate rate, you know, areas, uh, we we tend toward the coolness now. Uh, so, uh, with that said, I know Robin's got a whole bunch of cool information about food, <laughs> and. You know, that's, that's, that's Robin's uh, area of expertise is all the foodie stuff. And so uh, take it away, Dara. Well, I was so buoyed the other morning when we woke up and there was that crisp in the air, you know, for the first time. And I went outside and the wind was blowing through the treetops and I could feel the crispness with the promise of the coming fall. Fall is my favorite season. I love the changing of the trees. I love that feeling of waking up in the morning and it's crisp outside and it feels clear and clean. And that is the time of transition. Um, and, you know, where we live in north central Pennsylvania, it, we're a little bit ahead of people who live a fir- little bit further south. So if you're, you know, yeah. down in like Tennessee or in that area, you're probably a few weeks behind us. Um, but I anticipate 
fall every year. I just love everything that goes along with fall. I love the holidays that happen in the fall, Halloween, Thanksgiving. I just love it. But anyway, okay. So, <laughs> but fall. Yeah, and she's right. I mean, the trans- other morning, yeah, the other morning it was so cool that I switched over from shorts to long pants for our morning walk. And mm-hmm. uh, so, I mean, it definitely had some crisp in the air. And, you know, it's getting that time. So, mm-hmm. uh, so, so anyway, fall is a time I, of transition. That's okay. Fall is a time of transition, and things are changeable. And the wind blows things around, and it, things are a little bit more erratic because of that. And that's why it's sort of related to Vada, because Vada, it, Vada is changeable and um, sometimes erratic. And it is dry and light and cold and can be rough, but also subtle and mobile and clear. And autumn is... Um, uh, classic vada i mean just when you when you describe autumn you are describing vada which is why it's the vada season and of course you know depending on where you live the dry and expansive qualities of vada um may be prevalent components of your environment as as early as like late summer and the autumn may be followed by a very drying cold isolating and a very windy winter so again depending on where you live um you're going to have little you know, nuances into when all of this happens. So, but we wanted to, the other day when we went out and we felt that crisp in the air here, we thought this is a really great time to get out in front of this for most of the, you know, most of the country, probably in Canada, we're late. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, cause there, I think I read somewhere where Canada had snow last week. So somewhere in Canada. Um, but anyway, so the routine, the seasonal routine uh, of our lives has influenced us uh, as human beings forever. And it's almost natural in the fall at this time of year for us to move toward wanting to have, um, you know, soups and stews and chili and, you know, foods that are warm. We, we maybe move away from um, iced tea to hot tea and hot, you know, coffee and just warmer beverages to bring us through. Maybe at this time of year you decide to put cinnamon in your tea uh, or cinnamon in your coffee because it just feels, you know, it's fall and it's, you know, nutmeg and cinnamon and it's pumpkin spice, pumpkin spice thing, which has been the craze for the last, what, 10 years now. Um, and that's why it's those warming spices. What about cider? In Ayurveda, they, excuse me? What about mulled cider? Mulled cider. Yeah. That's, there's another, another um, wonderful, you know, fall drink, but it's full of those, Spices, uh, yeah. you know, in in medieval times they drank mulled wine, which was the same thing. They would take some, you know, pretty much cheapo, crappy wine that they couldn't and nobody would drink otherwise, and they would put all these spices in it to make it more palatable, to be a warming drink um, for when it was really really cold out. And that's really sort of the the birth of um, spiced wines around the holidays. Uh, and even eggnog, if you think about it. What's eggnog? It's a warm milk that you add spices into uh, and some eggs to kind of fortify it. Um, and it's, but it's got, that, it's got that cinnamon and the nutmeg, and it's all those warming, you know, spices that we think of for fall. Even hot chocolate. You put a little cinnamon on top of your hot chocolate, um, and it's the same thing. So we've, we do many of these things instinctively. But this is why. So or now we can understand why. Yeah, and th- but this is why we can move towards that. At this time of year, um, usually in the spring and in the fall, um, you want to think about doing some sort of uh, cleanse. And when I say to do a cleanse, I don't mean, you know, go online and buy one of those cleanses that tells you, you know, not to eat anything for three days um, except drink water and, and take this powder that you mix into your water. What I mean by a cleanse, I mean it's a mono diet. And a mono diet is just, just that. It's eating one type of food, something that's going to be very digestible and easy to, for your body to digest, but also something that's warming and comforting. And so, you know, in India um, and in many other places of the world, everybody, every culture has its own 
you know, chicken soup thing, the thing that you want when you want to be warmed and comforted, right? And in, and in India, that is something called kitchari. And kitchari is a, a yellow mung bean lentil that they mix with rice and a bunch of these warming spices and some vegetables, and it's delicious. Um, I make it a lot at home for us. And this time of year in India, they would go on a kitchari diet for like three days, three to five days. And the reason they do that is to clear their system of accumulated toxins, which is called ama. And ama happens when we don't perfectly digest our food that's in our stomachs. And it's because your digestive fire, and if any of you have been paying attention and listening to all of these, these um, radio shows, they, we did one about Agni, which is your digestive fire, and how important that is to your overall health. But if your digestive fire is not functioning, there's a lot of undigested food, which causes toxin, turns into this like fermenting sludge in your belly, and it can cause a lot of bloating and gas and lots of other, you know, health issues. Um, it can back up into your liver and your spleen and make you kind of sick. So it's kind of like, you know, you go and you get your car's oil changed, right? And otherwise the oil gets kind of sludgy and gross. Same thing. We're just trying to get rid of some of that sludgy, gross stuff that's in our, that's accumulated in our system to try to help our body to have a clean digestion. And that way it doesn't back up into our organs and cause other health problems. And I'm putting this as simply as possible. It's really way more complicated than this, <laughs> but you guys probably don't want to know all the complicated stuff. So I'm, I'm trying to keep this simple. So if there's somebody at home who's, you know, this learned Ayurvedic practitioner or doctor and they're going, no, no, that's not exactly right. I, I, I understand that. I'm putting this in the simplest possible terms. Um, but so anyway, if you so, do want more information, if you do want yes, more information, you, you can always email us. Uh, absolutely. I will be more than happy your, to go info, into the... Go, info at ujvalaayc.com is a good place mm-hmm. to uh, start communication with us. And uh, yes. we can work with you uh, to get you the more detail that you need or, you know, to help with guidance. Right. Yeah. There's like over 40 different types of Agni. And I mean, there's just all kinds of things that we could go into, but it's more, more in depth than we really need to do. So anyway, so in order to um, keep your, your oil changed basically in your body, right. You know, you go every what, 3000 miles to have your oil changed in your car and we usually try to do this every six months. And to do it at the equinoxes is usually, you know, a good time of year because it's the, those are the changeable times, the spring into the summer and the, uh, the fall equinox, you know, fall into uh, it's what summer into fall, I think. So, um, yeah, summer into fall. And, um, and so that's kind of like a good marker. Of the year to do that, that's those changeable moments, and so it helps us to eliminate. So if you want to eat that, or you can, you know, substitute the kitchari. Um, if you know beans and lentils and rice isn't your thing, you can substitute that for something as simple as um, chicken broth with some light vegetables in it, maybe like some spinach, um, and because spinach is a bitter and bitters are cleansing. Um, and if any of you are, are from you know, Mediterranean traditions, it was always traditional in the spring to eat bitter greens as a cleanse, right? And, and that's where this comes from. Um, so, you know, maybe some chicken broth with a little spinach in it and maybe a little bit of rice um, <clears throat> and, and just, you know, have that for a few days. And you can change the vegetables that are in the, uh, the broth a little bit. You can have maybe some grated carrot or the idea here is to keep the the digestion simple. You don't want to give the body too much hard, difficult things to digest, which is why I'm saying, you know, grated carrot because it will cook quickly in the broth. It won't take forever to cook. Um, and you know, you, you, to that to that broth, if you want to, you can add some garlic, a warming spice, and you know, pungent, and maybe some ginger, uh, also warming and pungent. Um, you could add a little cayenne pepper, some warming and pungent again. And, and those things will help to light the digestive fire in your body and help you cleanse that toxins, that ama. Um, and it's not expensive. 
and it's, you know, not some weird stuff. You don't know what's in it that you're mixing into your water and drinking. Um, and you do it for like three days. Another way and the fastest way to cleanse your body of those toxins, of course, is to fast. And again, when we say fasting, we're not meaning don't eat anything. That's not how you fast. And if you're going to fast, you're going to stick. <clears throat> it's what we would commonly call in, in local hospitals a liquid diet. So you can have broth, you can have uh, water, you can have a little bit of uh, fruit juice, but not too much. Um, you can, you know, anything that's that's a very easily digested liquid. Um, you know, cranberry juice is really good for when you're doing something that, because again, it's sort of an astringent. It's going to help clean the system. Um, so these are these are things that we can do that are simple. It's the kitchen pharmacy, right? We have lost touch with that here in the United States, in our cooking culture. You know, a lot of the places in the world that have deep, traditional, ancient cultures, China, Japan, India, um, some, of, some other countries, they have a very deep tradition of the kitchen pharmacy. You don't feel well, you're going to eat this. You don't feel well, you're going to eat that. And everybody, every culture has a slightly different thing. So whatever it is for your culture, um, Whatever that comfort, easily that digested food is, uh, you know, in China they eat a lot of um, uh, rice gruels and things like that for breakfast, which is kind of their go-to when you're sick. That's what you eat. You know, it's a comfort food and it's a very easily digested food. The problem that people run into, and I and I would say kitchery, and we eat kitchery because we like it. But for, for a lot of Westerners, kitchery will cause constipation, which is not what we want. So that's why I'm saying, you know, a broth. If you want to try the kitchery and it doesn't work for you and you do get constipated, switch to broth. It, you know, well, certainly you can, won't. Well, I mean, if you're, if you're eating kitchery and it, and it tends to clog you up a little bit, you can always use uh, like a, a trifle of supplement mm-hmm. uh, along with yeah. it. Yep. That, Trifala, that will help Trifala, keep things moving. Right. Trifala will help to, you know, help you eliminate. You can even use, you know, over-the-counter at the pharmacy, Seneca is a natural herbal supplement that we've been using for years for, for you know, if you're constipated. Um, but because this cleanse is we're trying to avoid having to do too much supplementation, we just want the, the food, you know, the body to, to do itself. Your body will eliminate if it's not having to digest food, it will eliminate the self. So if you give it very um, easily digested food like a liquid diet, um, like the broth that I was talking about, or the kitchery, which is the lentils and rice, which is also very easy to digest, um, your body will be like, oh, field day. I have all this extra energy to take care of all this housekeeping that I want to do over here, the deep cleaning. You know, if you think about this, um, you know, busy moms, right? We can we have no problem doing the the daily stuff. You know, we do dishes, we do laundry, maybe run the, the sweeper, uh, maybe mop the floor, but we don't very often get the time on top of all the other stuff we need to do to do that physical deep cleaning. You know, pull the broom apart, dust the walls, wash the walls down, you know, clean up underneath the the furniture, move the bed um, that we would like to do as often, right? So. We, a lot of times you wind up having to hire somebody or you take a week off of work and instead of going on vacation, you, <laughs> you use it to clean the bedroom, right, or the, or the, or the kitchen, or you pull the, pull the cabinets apart and take everything out and clean all the shelves. So it's, think about that. This is what they were doing with our body twice a year. We're deep cleaning. And that's really what this sort of cleanse or, or, or mono diet is, is about, is just giving your body a rest to deep clean itself, you, you know. If only the kitchen would do that, right? <laughs> Deep clean itself. I'm not going to cook anything for three days. Maybe the kitchen will clean itself. Unfortunately, that does not happen. <laughs> it would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, so getting back to fall and the reason um, and the types of foods that we want to eat at this time of year, there are some things in Ayurveda that are standards that you want to eat no matter what time of year it is. Um, they're really big on ghee. I think we talked once before about ghee. Ghee is clarified butter. 
um, melted butter with all the solids removed. It's easy to make at home um, and keeps forever on the, on the counter in your, in your house. Um, it does not need to be refrigerated, and it, I mean, it takes forever before it would ever go bad. I know that seems counterintuitive to what we've been taught about butter, but it's the solids in the butter that go rancid. And once the butter has been clarified, it takes on this wonderful buttery taste and also kind of nutty, and it enhances everything that you use it in. And it's great for sautéing foods, wilting greens, drizzling over fish, um, you know, whatever you want to use it on. So ghee is one of those things to incorporate uh, into your diet at this time of year. And another thing that seems to be um, just about for every dosha, greens, um, leafy greens. Can't go wrong eating leafy greens. And at this time of year, rather than eating them raw in a salad, you would want to eat them either in a soup or wilted in a pan, maybe with a little bit of the ghee and maybe a little garlic and some ginger. Again, the pungent spices. Um, and when I talk about warming pungent spices, I mean stuff like cinnamon and allspice and nutmeg and cumin and um, garam masala and curry powders and um, you know, ginger and garlic and onion, those are pungent things. Chili peppers, um, you know, all those things that you think of when you think of things that are super flavorful. Some of them have a little bit of a spice or, or a bite to the, you know, when you, have you ever eaten raw garlic and you get it on your tongue and it's like, ooh, that little bite on my end of my tongue, it's kind of stingy. Anything that you get that's like that uh, with the greens um, is going to, again, help to cleanse the system and stabilize you. Um, and plus, they're just super good for you. So, for example, spinach, um, a cup of spinach has almost as much, if not, I would have to check the statistic on this, but there's a lot of calcium. And we, you know, we always think here that, you know, you have to have milk products in order to get calcium. That's not true. Spinach also has iron. It's full of great things for your body, magnesium. It's got some potassium. It's a great uh, food. It's, you know, one of those, what they call superfoods. <laughs> um, so also at this time of year, uh, like for breakfast, cooked grains, oatmeal, um, cream of rice, cream of wheat, um, any of those kind of, and again, you can add warming spices to them. And you can use sweeteners like maple syrup. Maple syrup is very, very fall. You know, I mean, that's the, the taste of maple syrup just brings all that up. And also you can use um, honey and uh, jaggery, which I actually just learned a lot about myself very recently. <clears throat> As a matter of fact, we just ordered some to try. And Yeah, I'm looking forward <clears throat> to that. That, looks, that sounds interesting. Say that again? I, I'm looking forward to that. It sounds very interesting, so I'm looking forward to the jaggery and seeing how that turns out. Yep. Uh, some of you may have heard jaggery called by other names. It's, it goes by gur. Uh, G-U-R, or would you say, Terry, Pinella? Pinella in, like, South America? Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Mm -hmm. I had a whole list. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Pinella in Colombia. Mm -hmm. In uh, Mexico, it's uh, Piloncia, or Silo. Mm -hmm. uh, in Costa Rica, it's Tapa Dulce. So, I mean, there's, there's names all through... Um, Central and South America, as well as Asia. Uh, in Japan, they call it uh, kokuto. kokuto. Mm -hmm. But it's gur or, yeah. or jaggery. And jaggery is made, it's, a, it's generally made from either uh, sugar cane uh, or it's made from date palm um, processing. And it has a sort of a, a caramelly brown sugar, spicy, molasses-y kind of flavor. So this is a really good time of year to try this because of that warming element. And it also has a lot of iron and copper and magnesium um, in it that's also good. And it has a lot of micronutrients. So it's also very good for us. Ooh, I got <clears> – <throat> excuse me. Oh. <laughs> All right, yeah, so I, uh, I a lot of got stuff something in my throat there. Now, I was going to continue. A lot of the stuff that gets taken out of um, 
sugar, of cane sugar, uh, during the centrifugal processing of uh, sugar to get the white sugar, it takes out so much of the stuff that jaggery leaves behind that's good for us. So that's the exciting part about this is it's much more nutritious. Uh, The molasses is still in it. And Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the bagasse is still in it. So a lot of the stuff that comes out when you make the sugar white doesn't come out. So it's uh, much uh, much closer to pure um, extraction mm-hmm. of sugar. Yeah. One of my fondest memories from living in Florida when I was a kid, I lived in South Miami uh, for a couple of years. Uh, my friends down the block, they had sugar cane growing in their backyard. And going to her house, my friend Myrna, Myrna and Marilyn, going to their house and um, – their grandmother would cut sugar cane and she'd give us each a piece of probably about six inches long. And we would just chew on the raw. She'd peel back the outside cause you know, it's kind of fibrous and you would just chew on the inside white part of the sugar cane. And it was like nothing I'd ever eaten before. It was so delicious. Um, and, you know, and if I ever am lucky enough someday to live somewhere where I can grow sugar cane in my yard, I'm going to, <laughs> because it's just so it just doesn't taste like sugar. It's just just this amazing flavor to it. Um, and it's sweet, but it's also sort of, um, it always had like a round, sort of this round feel in the mouth, that not, like nothing else. It's hard to explain. If you've chewed on sugar cane, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but I recommend everybody should try that at some point in their life if you get a chance. Um, okay, so getting back to the foods. Uh, for fall, you know, the obvious things like hearty grains and soups, um, stews, anything that's grounding and moisturizing. And uh, it's a good time of the year. If you're somebody that, that does eat meat and eggs, uh, this is like the best time of the year to enjoy them. Um, you can also indulge a little bit in like warm milk. There's a, I, I keep threatening Terry, I'm going to make him some warm golden milk. Which is basically, I keep waiting for uh, it. I know, maybe tonight after the show. Um, All right. It's basically just warmed milk, and you can usually they recommend that you do like half coconut milk and half cow's milk or half soy milk or half almond milk, whatever kind of milk you like. Um, and then you add some turmeric and a little bit of honey, raw, raw honey, always raw honey, but don't add the honey until the milk has cooled down a little bit. Don't add it into the pot. Because apparently if you put raw honey into something very, very hot, it changes the um, nutritive value because it sort of burns off all the good stuff that's in the honey, the vitamin C, the vitamin A, all that stuff that's in in natural honey. Uh, So wait until it's cooled down a little bit until it's just warm and then you can stir the honey in. So you're going to a little turmeric, um, some honey, and a little bit of uh, nutmeg or cinnamon, whatever else that you would like. Uh, and very wonderful, like before bedtime kind of drink. It's milk. It's it's soothing. Remember the warm milk. You know, for our grandmothers used to drink warm milk. Well, they just were forgetting to put the turmeric, and you know the the other warming spices in there. And the turmeric, of course, is a wonderful anti-inflammatory. So, um, I mean, it's it's just good for you. So, everybody is always talking about inflammatory anti-inflammatories these days. And so we're going to want to reduce the consumption at this time of year uh, of raw vegetables, salads, cold foods, frozen foods, ice cream, um, things that are very sweet, and even some vegetables that are um, sort of drying uh, vegetables like broccoli and cabbage, cauliflower, um, any kind of sprouts like alfalfa sprouts. Uh, leaf, you know, going to want to, you know, minimize those white potatoes, beans, popcorn, crackers, um, and dried fruits. So you want to eat. Basically, you don't want to eat things that's going to be drying at this time of the year because of the, you know, think of the wind. What does wind do? It dries. It'll dry your laundry, you know, out on the on the um, clothesline a lot faster than even just on a sunny day alone. The wind is very drying, so we want to stick to 
moisturizing foods. Also a great time of year if you're not doing it to begin some sort of um, self-care with using oils. Uh, and this is, again, you know, we, we as women we'll go to the supermarket and we'll spend $20 on a one-ounce pot of, you know, some sort of face cream thinking, well, you know, this is the miracle face cream that they say and, and all the things. And what you really need to do is go to the supermarket and buy some sesame oil, food-grade sesame oil, um, or some olive oil, or some mustard seed oil, um, and use that instead. Lots less expensive. And especially for this time of year, those are the, the, the sesame oil and the mustard oil are warming oils. And just yeah. rub some on your face in the morning, right down your neck, around the base of your neck where your, where your uh, lymph, lymph, lymph nodes are, under your arms where the lymph nodes are, anywhere in your body where there's lymph nodes, the creases of your legs, around your ankles, and anywhere else you feel like you want a massage. Like I have my wrist is sore still from my car accident where it was broken pretty badly. I massage my wrist with the warm oil every morning, and um, it just feels great. And, you know, it doesn't take long, 10 minutes. Not even, you know, if I had to choose between one of one of two things, if I had to take 10 minutes to do the, the oil or 10 minutes to put makeup on, I would do the oil. Because honestly, if you start doing the oil every day, your skin is going to start to glow and you're not even going to care about putting on the makeup. Um, it just makes you, it, it, it just, it's anti-aging. Um, we, you know, we often think about, um, you know, as as the world culture goes, you think about you know women in Asia and women in India. They're so exotic and they and they 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 don't age. They they keep their skin is so beautiful. And this is why because they spend time taking care of their skin every day and they're not putting products. You got to remember that your skin of your body is a digestive organ. Think about that. And anything you put on your skin goes into your bloodstream directly. Now, what you put on your skin doesn't absorb the same as it does like a mucous membrane like under your tongue um, or up your nose, but it still will absorb what you put on your skin. So if you're putting on, you know, uh, makeup with lots of chemicals every single, every single day, that stuff's getting absorbed into your bloodstream. goes to the ama because now your body has this, all these chemicals in it and doesn't know what to do with it, has to turn it into toxins. And now those toxins are in your bloodstream. So you just kind of, I'm not saying never wear makeup. I wear makeup. I have makeup on today. But I don't wear it every day anymore. I wear it when I have a purpose to go. And I use my oil every day. Um, I know I'm trying to pack a lot of information into this. And we're probably getting, I'm getting off topic. I apologize. Okay, so we're going to all do our mono cleanse. And we're going to stick to foods that are warm and, and lubricating because of the windiness of the season. And one of the other things we always talk about is pranayama um, and a really great sort of um, grounding and warming breath to use during this time of year is alternate nostril breathing. And it's very balancing at this time of year. Um, if you're somebody that, that even if you practice yoga or don't practice yoga, you can still do this breath. And it's very simple. Um, and it's basically what it sounds like. You breathe in through one nostril while you hold the other nostril. And you then exhale through the other nostril. You, you switch fingers, and then when before you switch fingers, you inhale through the, the nostril that you just exhaled through. Switch fingers, and you exhale through the other nostril, and then you inhale through that nostril and keep going back and forth and repeating it. But if you look it up online, if you're really interested in it, you'll find alternate nostril breathing or nasa shodhana. I hope I'm saying that right. I'm taking Sanskrit, but <laughs> they only have one class. I promise I will get better at, at pronouncing this stuff. Um, and, of course, there are certain yoga 
uh, movements that are really good and grounding for this time of year, uh, sun salutation. And these are things I, I'm not going to explain them because I don't have the time on, on this one-hour radio show to do it all. Um, but it, you can certainly look this stuff up for yourself. So sun salutation and mountain and warrior pose, one and two, and tree pose, cat, cow, cobra, child's pose, uh, forward fold, um, and then making sure that you, you practice um, like the, your, your corpse pose at the end, your, your, your relaxing meditative pose um, at this time of year. And, and, you know, yoga doesn't have to take hours. You can say, I'm going to do yoga for 10 minutes, five minutes, especially when we have such busy lives. But five minutes of yoga, even if you're just doing forward fold and um, one round of sun salutation, and then you're going to lie there and meditate for three minutes, um, that's better than doing nothing. One of the things I learned this week that was sort of like, oh, I can't believe I hadn't put that together from everything else I know. Um, Your lymphatic system, and we've talked about this, is the system in charge of moving a lot of that gunk, those toxins that we talked about, out of our body. But the thing with the lymphatic system is it does not have its own natural pump. You know, like your intestines have all the little villi, and the movement uh, from the villi help move the stuff out of your body. Well, the, the, the lymphatic system does not, which is why that self-care, that massaging of the lymph nodes is important. But the, uh, the, uh, the thing that does move things out of the lymphatic system is walking, movement, anything bending. Um, and if you think about human, humans as we um, evolved, we evolved into hunter-gatherers first, right? So we were walking and we were bending and we were walking and we were bending and we were walking and we were bending. And that is actually the movement that will clear out the toxins from our lymphatic system naturally. So when we live a more sedentary lifestyle, so we're sitting in front of the computer and maybe we get up once every three or four hours to go to the bathroom and maybe grab ourselves a cup of caffeine and a cup of tea um, and we go back and we sit down for another three or four hours and we're training our kids to do this too. We make them sit, you know, in elementary school, they have to sit, you know, sit and listen, sit and listen, sit and listen. And what do they get? 20 minutes of recess now after lunch a day. And then we wonder why we have a sedentary adults, why they don't want to, you know, get up and move. Um, I, I have a 14 year old daughter. I watched it with her. Fortunately, where we live, she has the ability to come home from school and go outside and run around in the woods. <laughs> but not all kids have that that ability. So um, how do we combat that? We have to go out and do at least 20 minutes. All they say is 20 minutes of gentle walking, walking through the supermarket, walking at the mall, walking down the sidewalk to the mailbox and back, whatever. Um, walk around the block three times. And you don't have to, doesn't have to be power walking. As long as you're breathing through your nostrils and not through your mouth, your lymphatic system, and you're not heavily through your mouth, your lymphatic system is cleansing itself. And that's really part of the reason why walking and exercise in general is super important. And we, all, we always hear about all this, you know, oh, it's good for your heart, it's good for your circulation, it's good for this, it's good for that. And it is. But one of the things that nobody talks about is the lymphatic system. And when your lymph nodes get inflamed, that's like Hodgkin's and lymphoma and all these diseases that start because our lymphatic system is not being exercised. It's not cleaning itself out. So 20 minutes of walking. I mean, this really, to me, doesn't seem like that difficult a thing to do. Um, especially if you're a busy mom, you can, you know, take the kids, go to the mall, walk around for 20 minutes, tire them out, you know, and bring them home and, you know, they won't be quite so crazy in the evening when you're trying to cook dinner. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I am a mom. I get it. <laughs> you know, I know how hard it can be. Um, also, there are herbs, of course, you know, that you can take to support this changing season. Um, and one of the things that you want to do is really support your immune system. 
And one of the things I have found that I actually also need to reorder this myself is this Indian product. We would look at it and say it's a jelly, and it's called Chavin Prash. And it is made up of, excuse me? I said it's good stuff. Oh, it is. It's amazing stuff. And it is a very warming, very kind of like spicy. If you've ever had like mince pie, it's got that same kind of uh, intensity as like a mince pie. And it is, but it's like in this jam and they, and they put it, put it on toast. Um, Or sometimes people will put, they'll warm some water and they'll put a teaspoon or two of this in water and stir it in and drink it like a tea. They'll put it in warm milk as well. Um, And it's a rejuvenative and it, will help improve your mood. It'll help you help you with some of those, you know, cold weather doldrums going through the winter. Um, and it, but it also grounds you and warms you and it warms you from the inside. It's kind of, it's really neat. It's almost like, you know, when you, you throw, you throw back a shot of Jack Daniels or something and you get that, that warm sensation inside. This will do the same sort of thing, but it stays with you. Like if you, if I know I was going to be outside in the cold all day, I would definitely want to start my day <laughs> with a, with Chavin Prash either on toast or in some warm water. But if I, if I had to have it in my milk, I would do that um, because, you know, of the warming effect, the lasting warming effect it has on, on the system. Also, um, one of the herbs that helps stabilize people's nervous systems and it can help promote sleep and strong digestion um, is ashwagandha. And I don't know if you guys have heard this. I don't know if I mentioned this before on the radio, but ashwagandha in India is being studied along with propolis as a treatment for COVID-19. Um, and when they say treatment, I'm thinking they're thinking preventative so that you don't get it uh, because they, they strength, both of those will strengthen your immune system. Propolis is, an, is a is a uh, part of bee pollen uh, and raw honey. It's in raw honey. Another reason to eat raw honey. <laughs> um, so ashwagandha, you can buy it as an herbal supplement. And, you know, make sure when you're buying your herbal supplements that you're getting them from a very reputable, um, you know, place. If you're going to buy them online or whatever, or go to your local health food store. I always recommend that local stores, especially right now with everything going on, people aren't shopping in stores. And uh, and ask about ashwagandha. Um, I'll spell that for you: A S H W A G A N D H A. It's it's a great herb to take at this time of year. And then we also mentioned triphala, um, which helps with digestion um, and moving you know moving the bowels out, moving all the stuff out. Um, there are three really important things about eliminating waste. And that's what we're trying to do right? with this change of the season. We want to clean out, get rid of all the waste. And one, of course, is you're moving your bowels. And I think I mentioned this once before, that if you're moving your bowels, you should be doing that hopefully first thing in the morning. And when you do, your poo should float. <laughs> if it's sinking in the toilet, it means you have a lot of toxin, a lot of the ama, a lot of undigested food. And you definitely, that's a sign that you need to um, change in some, make a change in some way. Also, um, urination, obviously. And when you urinate, it shouldn't be like a dark yellow color. And it should be, uh, you should urinate moderately through the day. You shouldn't be frequent urinating and you shouldn't be like never peeing. You know, if you can go six hours without peeing, you probably aren't drinking enough fluids. Um, And then sweating. And it's, this is, again, one of those things. So many cultures have sweat lodge, sauna. They understood that this was a way of ridding our bodies of toxins. And so, again, going back to the exercise, the walking thing, you know, break a sweat. Um, and you don't necessarily, like I said, have to do power walking to break a sweat. Um, that 20 minutes, I'm, I'm telling you, we, we walk around around the road here and I'm breaking a sweat pretty early. Um, So, I mean, every day I come home and I know I've sweated. So, um, but if you're not sweating for some reason, 
you know, there's nothing wrong with maybe going up to the to the your local YMCA and sitting in their sauna to help that and to help get rid of some of those toxins. But also, of course, remember to hydrate. You've got to hydrate for whatever goes out. You've got to replace, especially when it comes to water. Um, you don't want to get dehydrated. Dehydration can also form ama, which is like we said, that toxin. And Terry, was there anything else you wanted to add? Oh, there's a whole thing in here about locally grown foods and why you should eat them. I don't know if we're going to get to it. I don't know what time it is. <laughs> well, we've got about 15 minutes left. We've got about 10 minutes to talk, and then we need okay. to start wrapping it up. But, yeah, we can talk. Okay. I mean, I'm a big proponent, and and people that have listened to the show before uh, you know, before Ujvala Radio, when they listen to the Power Hours and Under a Shady Tree, I have been a proponent of eating closer to or you know eating closer to our garden, closer to the source of our food. I've you know I've talked about this for years and years. Uh, from a spiritual standpoint, and then Robin came into my world and started talking about it from a health standpoint. But the the closer we are to the source of our food, the healthier we live. And the more spiritual we live, the more we live in concert with nature, in concert with the cycles of the year. Uh, Ayurveda is a big proponent of that, but also our spirituality. Uh, Just following the cycles of the year, that's such an important aspect of this. And then, you know, eating local, eating seasonal food uh, goes back to what we've been talking about uh, with the – you know, the Vata time of the year and the foods that are associated with that. Right. So, you know, if you're eating food that's seasonal, one of the um, unexpected and, um, frankly, you know, I hadn't um, thought of this, but, you know, I I tell people all the time, oh, you have seasonal allergies, you should eat, you know, raw honey. It'll help, and it does help. But one of the other things is that if you're eating local foods, you're also going to build your immunity and lower your your allergic reactions. Um, well, yeah. Well, one of the things that I tell people, I travel a lot, as you you know, as you guys know. And one of the things, if I start having a an allergic reaction to uh, something, you know, some pollen or something wherever I'm traveling, uh, mm-hmm. I immediately go find local raw honey. Uh, or as raw as possible, but locally produced honey, bees are eating the pollen that I'm allergic to and processing it. And if you take a couple of tablespoons of this every day, or within a couple of days, it will clear up any of your allergic reactions. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and so you know, it goes also, the same with foods. Right, yeah. So if you're also eating foods that are grown locally, you know, they're grown in the soil, and in the climate and in the air quality where you live, um, that can actually help prevent local allergies like, you know, tree pollen and that sort of thing that a lot of people are allergic to. Uh, and, you know, when we eat foods that are grown around, from around the world, um, first of all, they're kind of old by the time we get them, so their prana is not great. Um, but they can, you know, actually even cause food allergies because on the exterior of those foods is coming, you know, pollen from different areas of the world that we're not used to. Um, the, 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 the soil that it's growing to has different microbiomes in it. We all, you know, that's like catchwords now, right? Microbiome. So you're going to, you know, more likely have an allergic reaction to it than something that was grown 10 miles away from your house. Uh, so, I mean, that, that, this, this almost seems so common sense, but we've completely lost sight of it. Yeah. So being in tune with the seasons and eating local foods helps balance your mind and body. Um, if you've accumulated too much of, say, like one dosha, like over the summer, maybe you accumulate too much pitta um, because you were eating, you know, too many spicy foods in the hot summer or whatever. Um, so then you can bring your body back into balance by eating those local foods that are in season because the things that grow and are, are ripening in each season are the things that will um, pacify, pacify you in that season. So you wouldn't want to eat a lot of spring vegetables in the fall. You wouldn't want to eat a lot of fruits that ripen 
you know, in the summer, in the fall. So you're not going to eat watermelon in November. And, and that's just because it wouldn't be something that would be, you know, available at that time. And another one of those big catchwords these days is the word bioavailability of food. So at certain seasons, your body is going to find a food like, let's say, watermelon more bioavailable in the heat of summer for all that liquid and all that water. Whereas, let's say, during the fall, if you eat watermelon, it might actually give you the runs because your body doesn't need all that water. So it might be great in July, but in November, not so much. And again, our body has a sense of what's good for it when. And we do have these traditions that we've followed, but we've never really put two and two together as to why we follow them. Why do we put cinnamon, you know, on our eggnog? (laughs) Uh, It's because it's warming. Um, Also, when you eat locally, you're, you know, strengthening that connection to, to your local cycle of the year. So, you know, your cycle of the year, like we were talking about before, uh, in Canada they've had snow already, but in Tennessee it's probably still like 85 degrees every day. Um, so if you're eating locally for grown foods, you're eating what's going to still be in season for you. So it doesn't mean that if it's winter in New York and you live in Florida that you can't eat mangoes if <laughs> they're growing on the tree outside your house. Um, right. And local, locally grown food is also, of course, it's greener, less carbon footprint, and it supplies more nutrition because it's closer to your home and has been sitting on a shelf less time. So there's better nutrition. And also, again, we talked about prana before, the let, that life force that's in the food. And also, um, if you're lucky enough to have a farmer's market and you can go there and you can ask the farmers questions about how they grow their food, uh, is it genetically modified? You know, you feel better about buying that type of food. Also, personally, always feel better handing my money to a farmer who I see, you know, he's got the farmer's hands, you know, and he's working hard to produce food. It's a service. It's a labor of love being a farmer. Trust me, I live in an agricultural community. They do yeah. not do this to make bundles of money, as opposed to some huge factory farm um, that's supplying the local grocery store with subpar produce. I'm much happier handing my money over to a local farmer, knowing that it's going to help support his family and his livelihood. Um, I just, I've always just always felt better about that. And plus, you know, you know that where the food's coming from, you can shake the guy's hand and look him in the eye and ask him, Hey, do you spray this, you know, do do you spray glyphosate on your, on your crops? Is this a genetically modified grape or corn or, you know, What's the deal? You know, and it's going to be it's going to be better. Um, you know, the labels. You know, organic labels, non-GMO labels. Used to be that when something was labeled organic, they had to actually sort of prove that they were growing it organically. But just because something's labeled organic does not mean that's how it's grown. That does not mean that that food is not genetically modified seeds being grown organically. So that non-GMO label is very important. However, the non-GMO label is very expensive to get. So it's kind of like people complain, oh, you know, organic and non-GMO or certified food, you know, fruit, produce and stuff is more expensive. Um, that's why I say go to the farmer's market, look the farmer in the eye, ask him about it, see what he says. You know, nine times out of ten, I'm going to tell you the truth, because he's going to know that if he sells you something and it's not what he says and you can figure it out, because let me tell you, you can figure it out. If you bought organic apples and you took an organic apple and a regular red, and a regular red apple that you get at the supermarket and you take one bite of each, you're going to be able to tell which is the organic apple because it's going to taste totally different, totally fresh, crisper. Uh, it's not going to have sat around. How many times did you get apples home from the supermarket and, you, you know, you, you peel the, that red skin off because it's got that horrible wax on it, and you peel them and it's got all these little brown spots underneath because it's been kicked around and, you know, sitting around. It's probably been in storage for six months. 
because apples only get harvested in the fall. So if it's February and you're buying apples and they're from Washington State, which is a great place to get apples from in the fall, but not in February because that means they've been sitting in storage for, you know, four months, five months. Um, right. Sorry, don't write to me from Washington State. <laughs> it's not just you. It's everybody. It's everybody's apples. So that's, and that's why I think that, you know, buying locally in-season food is always a good practice and why it's especially important at the time of the year when we're having change like we are now into fall. All right. Well, Darlin, it is time to uh, mm-hmm. remind everybody that tomorrow is the launch of Inspire. I am so excited. I'm scared to death a little bit, too, because it's the first <laughs> time I've ever done anything like this on Zoom, and I'm hoping it's not going to be too hard to connect with people, but I'm going to give it a try. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm excited as well. I will be uh, recording a, a guided meditation during the day tomorrow that Robin will be playing. And uh, I will be away at another meeting, so she'll be handling this. And it will be exciting. And I'm scared. <laughs> you'll do fine. It will, it will be exciting and educational and uh, all that goes with it. Uh, but uh, we're, we're both very excited about the, uh, the Inspire program and getting it kicked off. And again, that's tomorrow. So if you are still interested, uh, you need to email. Um, well, actually, you can go to the website. Uh, go to the website. Uh, it is ujvalaayc.com slash offerings slash inspire. And from there, you'll have all kinds of links to sign up. And uh, that will get you into the program and get you uh, an email and, uh, you know, with the link and all of the fun stuff that goes with it. This will be a a closed meeting on uh, Zoom just for members uh, so that uh, people can share uh, what's going on in their lives without, you know, fear that, you know, other people are going to call in and listen and that sort of thing. So uh, exactly. It's going to be very cool. Let's see. I've already mentioned the UjvalaAYC.com. Uh, go to the website, uh, sign up to be a friend of Ujvala, and that will get you uh, tied in with uh, getting updates on show topics and uh, programs that are going on uh, any, t- any place that we're appearing on other people's shows or in person. Uh, all of that will be uh, in a, a newsletter, you know, probably once a week, no more than once a week, uh, over the weekend, just letting you know what the show topics are and that sort of thing, any uh, blog posts that are coming up. And you can also find us on Facebook, uh, Ujvala Ayurveda and Yoga Center. Uh, go there and like us. Uh, so that we know that you are seeing the page and that what we're bringing is of value. And also follow us on Twitter, at Ujvala C. Uh, So those are the three ways that you can get in touch with us or find us. You can also email uh, info at UjvalaAYC.com. And from there, you can ask any question, and both Robin and I check that, so we'll be able to see if you have a question and direct you to which one of us is the uh, proper person uh, to assist you. Uh, Robin's going to be all about the food, and I'm going to be all about the the, uh, uh, philosophy and spirituality. So uh, let's see. I think that pretty well covers all of our topics for the night. I want to thank everybody for being with us. And I guess it's time to simply say namaste. Uh, Blessings, and have a week filled with love and with wonder. Uh, Good night, everyone. Good night. Thanks for listening to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. Join us seven nights a week for exciting programming covering a variety of expressions of faith. And remember... All manifestations of the divine are equally valid.